0: This is Dr. Jonathan
1: Hansen. I want to welcome you to the radio program warning. Now I have with me Matt Shea. He's an allied attorney with the Alliance Defending Freedom and Affiliated Attorney with the Pacific Justice Institute. He's a retired 12 years state representative, former House Republican Caucus Chair. He's currently the senior pastor at On Fire Ministries and Kingdom Christian Academy. That's in Spokane, Washington. Welcome back, Matt.
2: It's great to be back with you on the show, Dr. Hansen. Thank you.
1: Well, thank you. And, you know, every day the president seems to be making news. Unfortunately, it's not the type of news that is leading supposedly the greatest nation on earth. But it's just a pathetic news of a person that's not in control of his mental faculties. He just made comments that uh, the pandemic is over, and now they're walking that back. What do you think of all of this, Matt?
2: Well, I mean, the pandemic clearly is over. I just think that his staff is trying to make him look weak, is trying to make him look incompetent. And I think this is preparation for him to be uh, removed from office, actually, and replaced by somebody else. Clearly, he is struggling. The bigger point here is that nations around the world are looking at this and they're emboldened because America's president is weak. And so I would expect this stuff to continue and more evil to continue to be exposed as we approach Rosh Hashanah here on the 24th. And as we move into this season where the Chinese Communist Party is going to be meeting and deciding whether they're going to go to war over Taiwan.
1: Wow. So in your opinion, they are deliberately, deliberately making him look weak, deliberately making him look incompetent. That's his own
2: staff. Yes, absolutely. In fact, he's complaining about it, (laughs) that they're making him look weak. Well, I mean, there's all kinds of speculation going back and forth. But the fact of the matter is your staff only makes you look weak like that if it's intentional. Um, you know, especially where he has made some very clear statements, and they've had to walk them back. Uh, the, the biggest one geopolitically, that uh, you know, we would defend Taiwan. Um, you know, and they immediately walking that back, and then he makes a statement about the pandemic being over, and they're immediately walking that back. Well, the pandemic is over, but the people who uh, potentially want to use it for uh, continued implementation of control mechanisms uh, are obviously wanting to to save it out there in the news but really the the jig is up there is so much that has been exposed about the pandemic and it's a faux pandemic Uh, so much is being exposed about the vaccines uh from peer-reviewed papers and and uh studies people are saying enough is enough and you know the the more information we're getting it's corroborating that there are deaths directly related to the vaccines. And so one study actually said it was, it was more deadly than COVID. In other words, it was, it's not effective in doing what it was uh, claimed to do. So you have all of this out there. I think, I think it was probably one of Biden's lucid moments that he said the pandemic is over, but his, his staff doesn't want that uh, because they want to continue to implement control mechanisms and take us down a totalitarian uh, road,
1: well, you're exactly right there. The whole thing has been for control. I mean, right from the beginning, uh there was no real pandemic. it wasn't uh certainly a virus but but there are so much more that was more way more dangerous and they never shut the world down. so this has been to control not only the United States but to control the world, and they wanted to see how far they could go if they could put if they could take it all away and i and I think they're still trying, Matt
2: yeah. We, um, I, I'm just going to just kind of cut to the chase on part of this. I mean, the world is being shaken right now. The church is going to be shaken. And uh, on Monday, I uh, had a very clear uh, word from the Lord on the fact that there, there was going to be signs in the earth and in the heavens as to the shaking. And then immediately that afternoon, uh, there was this huge earthquake right off the coast of Mexico just yesterday. And so we... We know a shaking is here, and it, this all has to start with repentance. Uh, the church needs full repentance. All the hidden sin in the church is going to be exposed. And so as as these globalists try to take away more and more of our freedoms, this is just part of the exposing that's going to happen. And if we repent, if we truly repent as a church, if we truly bring all of those hidden sins and lay it on the table, God is faithful, 2 Chronicles 7.14, he is faithful to restore the land, and that's what we're going to see.
1: Well, you're right. Um, 7 Chronicles 7.14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, I will heal the land. Uh, that is not evolving. That is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, and that's the key. We have to lead a revival. First and foremost, it has to be in the church because the church, as you and I have done so many programs, uh, it is so dysfunctional. It is all over the place. You have churches that are totally backing all types of sin of immorality. You've got the emergent church uh, talking about the Bible-evolving Uh the church itself is the problem. It's always been the problem. I mean, that's what God showed me clear back in uh, 1985. Uh, Just uh, summarize it a a bit. Uh, You know, five years I hated a man, and he had done uh, very, uh, very serious serious crimes and and, uh, such that you can't forgive if you're married. Um, You know, talking about sexual abuse or rape and... uh, Yet it took me five years as God had to deal with my own pride. Uh, Pride causes us to commit every type of sin, including unforgiveness. But also pride stops the Holy Spirit from flowing through us. And so we have to, you know, there's righteous anger to lead a person to the Lord, to deal with their sins, not to destroy them, but you want to always try to lead them to restoration to the Lord, even if you have to put them in prison and they find the Lord there. But I went far beyond that. I, 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 I wanted to kill him if I could have done it. And at that time, I was just in law enforcement still, Matt. And so, I mean, I, I hated him. Well, anyway, God dealt with that issue because I was losing all peace, all joy, uh, and, and my marriage at that time, and the anointing had left me, and uh, finally I cried out to God. God. Lord, forgive me. I've been a hypocrite. I was also on a large church staff, uh, volunteer as one of the lay pastors. And um, God did forgive me. But then he said, leave your gift at the altar and make it right. And I knew what that meant. Now, faith is not going by emotions, not going by feelings. It's going by the word of God. You're obeying the word of God. And my feelings, my emotions still did not want to face this man but uh, I was so tired of the misery I, I was in. And, and so I, I talked myself into it. Get up, uh, walk up the stairs, get into the car, knock. Uh, he opened the door. Will you forgive me? I've hated you. Well, it broke. I went to the church that night and said, Some of you have been calling me a pastor. Uh, forgive me. I've been a hypocrite. You know it. I know it. I've asked the man to forgive me. I've asked God to forgive me. Well, that night I had my first supernatural dream. I saw myself traveling the nations, meeting with the leaders of the nations that I do now, the presidents, the prime ministers, the governments. I saw apocalyptic events. I saw death lines. I saw the heart of God. It was broken. I said, Lord, why is your heart broken? He said, because of my bride is in love with the world more than me. I said, why, Lord? He said, because of the pastor behind the pulpit. I came out of that dream sweating. I started resigning areas of responsibility and I started to travel the nations. Uh, Basically, uh, a John the Baptist, Elijah type of message, repent for the kingdom of God is nigh. But that started me on my journey of now meeting with world leaders, Matt, and calling for repentance, like you said, and calling primarily for the church to repent because it has been the pastor behind the pulpit. You and I know there's great pastors out there, but the majority are not great. And even if if their statement of faith is good, they don't have the courage to speak it to deal with the sins that bring judgment on a nation. Matt,
2: that's exactly right. And it's not just the pastors; it's all the leaders in the church. Oh, totally hidden, hidden. I mean, and, and we we think we understand repentance. But deep repentance is asking the Lord and being vulnerable for him to search our hearts, uh, to expose all of the hidden sin, um, things we didn't even know we had really done or understood what we had really done. Expose the people we have not forgiven. Uh, Expose the hidden financial unfaithfulness that is so rampant in the church right now. Expose the hidden sexual sin that is so rampant in the church right now, expose the pride, which is so rampant in the church right now, that somehow we can run the church as a business. Uh, and it is by our efforts that Holy Spirit is there, or something like that. And repenting of those things, and just being totally vulnerable. And this takes time. I mean, you, you, you can't just do it in a in a couple of minutes. And, and we believe very firmly uh, here at On Fire Ministries that, this is critical in this exact time that there is full repentance across the board for all leaders. It starts with the leaders. In fact, uh, I'll share something that happened on Sunday. Uh, we had a communion tray overturn on the floor, and as I was praying, and I heard it hit the floor. I had my eyes closed. The Lord just said, my people have taken communion with me for granted. The relationship with Jesus Christ for granted, repent. And so we, we repented, we, and, and I specifically called for the leaders to come up. Again, for this exact reason, it starts with the leadership. Ezekiel 9 talks about how the judgment of God began at the temple with the oldest first because they were the ones that should have known. They were the leaders. So the leaders of his body must get their hearts right now for what is about to happen in this uh, world and in this country And it's going to shake the very foundations, but if your foundation is moored on the rock, you will not be shaken. And it's interesting, uh, Dr. Hansen, that in the old time, uh, the Essenes uh, celebrated two feasts between uh, the Feast of Pentecost and the Feast of Trumpets. Fifty days after the Feast of Pentecost, they celebrated the Feast of New Wine. So you have the picture of bread and wine uh, communion while Jesus... Uh, is not here present on the earth in his physical body. And then 50 days after that, they had the Feast of New Oil, celebrated the olive oil harvest, which is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And that feast was celebrated two weeks prior to the Feast of Trumpets. So I believe there there are some prophetic things here, that there is going to be a great outpouring of Holy Spirit in this last time that we're in right now. But there's a couple keys to that, and the first is from Jewish wedding tradition, the bride could ask for 10% of the dowry. In other words, the wedding gift, the bride could ask for 10% of the dowry back in anointing oil to prepare herself for the wedding, but she had to ask. She would only get it if she asked. And so this preparation for the wedding feast, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that that is shown through throughout jewish culture always centers around this anointing this oil and what i found so fascinating in researching it is the olive oil harvest all of this back in that day were harvested by the shaking of the olive tree they literally would shake the olive tree and they would beat the branches for the olives to come down so that they could be put in the press and the oil could come out that is the picture of what is happening and what is going to increase here for his church. And the 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 first step, as you've been preaching, as you said, for decades now, is repentance. True, full repentance, not hiding anything anymore, not glossing over anything anymore. And it starts with his leaders.
1: Well, you're exactly right. I know that that's what led me onto this uh, ministry since 85, traveling the world, is when You know, I repented. I repented my own selfishness, my own unforgiveness. Again, going right back to pride. And as I got that dealt with, and it's not a once and for all. I mean, we have to continually uh, submit ourselves to the Word and the Spirit. We have to continually, as God shows us things He's not pleased with, we have to continually repent. And so we want to keep ourselves right with God so the Holy Spirit, God Himself, can work through us, flow through us, and we can actually be His hands, His arms, His feet, His mouth, His eyes. We have to allow God to move through us. I know, Matt, I was in a country. Uh, sitting as a guest on the executive board of this country, all of the top uh, leaders in this denomination, and the Lord uh, started to reveal to me uh, sins within the chairman, uh, the top man in that denomination. And uh, I finally stood up and said, Mr. Chairman, you're, you're guilty of adultery. Uh, you're guilty of theft. And I said, if you don't repent right now, a spirit of suicide is going to grip you, sir, and you're going to kill yourself. He screamed demonically. He pulled out three bottles of poison. He said, if you did not come to this meeting, I was going to drink this poison and die. I can't stand the torment of the demons any longer. Uh, well, this man had, was in adultery with two prostitutes in the capital, and he had misappropriated $15,000 given to build a church, and he ate it. And the denomination has a 43-page typewritten report. But uh, this is just one example, just one example of sin in the church.
2: Matt, it's rampant. It's rampant, and it's so interesting uh, when you do full repentance with the leaders in the church, and it actually, they they start to unveil the secret sin. Uh, Suicide, as you said, amazing. How many people have hidden that? Is leaders in the church uh, pornography, uh, control, pride, as we've talked about? Another one, again, that I want to really mention is that financial unfaithfulness. When God calls us to be financially faithful, and have we been unfaithful in our in our stewardship of his resources? And it, it's amazing the breakthroughs that happen. So just last night, Dr. Hansen, we had this happen here at On Fire Ministries. We had a massive repentance in among the leadership, and it, it, people were being set free. They were being healed. Um, and then his fire came down. Amen. The Holy Spirit just came down and started flowing. It was amazing. And this, it's so, it just, it, it kind of is, is unbelievable to me that the leaders of the church, have a hard time understanding that when you repent like that that's the key that's the that's the key to unlock the door and that's when holy spirit begins to flow the thing that you've been seeking starts with repentance and so much of the church is afraid to repent that they they say in their minds oh well nobody knows nobody nobody can possibly know so i'm going to keep this hidden but god knows and he is coming he is coming he is coming and there is a season we're going into where all of these things are going to be laid bare, whether the person wants them to be laid bare or not, if they don't repent.
1: Well, you're, you're exactly right, Matt. Uh, and that's, that's a, so beautiful what you did, because that's when, that's when a church can really uh, explode, is when they get the sin out of the way. And, uh, you know, the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If you say you have no sin, the Bible says you're a liar. Now, some people might ask, why did I expose that man, that top leader of the denomination? Well, there's no doubt. There's no doubt in my mind the Holy Spirit had been speaking to him for years. There's no doubt other men and women of God had gone to him privately and tried to deal with things that they knew that he had been involved with, sin. Uh, Yet, he said, if you had not come to this meeting... I was going to drink the poison and die. That was actually mercy and grace as God gave revelation and and understood his involvement. That was mercy and grace so he wouldn't kill himself that very night, Matt. I'll tell you what, mercy and grace is right here, right now. But the church had better grab that mercy and grace because judgment is coming, Matt.
2: Judgment is coming and it's coming because evil has been allowed to come into the land and and his church has not fully repented. And, and, and I, I am seeing it now, though. I am seeing leaders and I am seeing parts of the body get this and begin repenting. And then when we can, we as the ecclesia push back the darkness, that judgment won't come in. But there are going to be parts of this country if if they don't repent, if, if they keep going down a path where they deny the Lord in righteousness. Cities will be judged, just like Nineveh was about to be judged, just like Sodom and Gomorrah was actually judged. These cities will be judged because God's will is for evil to be judged. And he does give time, though, for that repentance to take place. Jesus acknowledged that. He said, you know, if if the people in... In Nineveh, had heard what I had said, you know, it would have been sackcloth and ashes, but yet now they hear the same thing in Jerusalem, and they're not even repentant at all. They just love their sin, and they continue in it, and that's why he starts in the church. If the church gets right, then it flows out from there, as you've been saying.
1: Well, you're exactly right. And again, uh, judgment, as it escalation into the science of judgment, as it escalation into the cup of iniquity, as it starts to pour over, it's for first redemptive purposes. It's for people to get right with God. As I was so miserable, I repented and obeyed the will of God and finally asked the man to forgive me. You know, God allows these things to bring us to salvation and bring us to repentance. Repentance, and if we refuse to repent, if our heart becomes so hard that we we are now a seared conscience, and we can live a million years and we're never going to repent, judgment falls. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the Warning Radio program. Special guest, uh, uh, senior pastor uh, Matt Shea, On Fire Ministries, Kingdom Christian Academy, a former twelve-year state representative of the state of Washington in the House of Representatives. Ladies and gentlemen, listen right now to The Science of Judgment. Order that book, because we're at that point in America. God bless you.
3: Reverend Dr. Jonathan Hanson has written a book titled The Science of Judgment. God is predictable. There is a scientific pattern for the rise and fall of nations throughout history. We need to understand the laws or the rules of design regarding prophecy and judgment. When it comes to the laws of judgment and prophecy, denominational or personal belief systems have nothing to do with the reality or the certainty of the rule of judgment. Dr. Hansen's objective is to warn leaders of nations of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the plagues or judgments that are coming upon these peoples and nations that reject Jesus Christ as Savior according to the Scriptures.